new era in independent art celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. And we're up to 27 charges of indecent exposure and still counting. That's right, this is episode number 27. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2016, and I have to blow a big sloppy kiss to my darling wife on her birthday. Happy birthday, baby. And for your listening pleasure, no, no sloppy kisses or sloppy anything for that matter. Uh, For your listening pleasure, we have on the phone Gina Coleman, front woman and founding member of Misty Blues, Berkshire's-based blues band that has the sound and feel of some of the great blues power lineups of yore, except that they're one of the great blues power lineups of today. Their new album, Dark and Saucy, is, well, do I even have to tell you? Uh, Gina shares some standard making of details, but then takes us deeper into the mind and heart that makes up Misty Blues. But that's what we do here at Indecent Exposure, right? I mean, you don't come here for sound bites. You come here for a meal. And as usual, you aren't going to leave hungry. Except, except, I expect, hungry to catch Misty Blues live in the near future and pick up a copy or download of Dark and Saucy. Both things we're going to hip you to in the show. And that's why this week's show demonstrates a huge part of this program's reason for being, why we do what we do here at the Greylock Glass. We bring you up close and personal with artists that you may not have heard before, but will be darn sure glad that you did now. And I'm talking especially to you, listeners in the UK, Ireland, Germany, Australia, Japan, and all the other folks who somehow (laughs) managed to find and tune into this show every time. Thanks again. Um, So relax, get ready for a great conversation with Gina Coleman and prepare to get blown away by the blues. And did we forget to mention, we're bringing you an exclusive on this episode of Indecent Exposure. You, dear listeners, are the first to hear a track off of Misty Blue's brand new album, Dark and Saucy. The track's title is Next Time is the Last Time. So stick around until the end of the show for what I promise will be a real treat. Now, let's welcome to the show, Gina Coleman. Gina Coleman, thanks so much for coming on Indecent Exposure here at the Greylock Glass. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well... We have uh, we have so few Sunday morning interviews, and uh, there's a good there's a good reason for that. But there's an even better reason to be talking to you today, and um, that reason is number one that I have been hoping to get you on the show for a couple of months since I blew it and was unable to cover the ben- the Blues Benefit Show. Um, First that was off, a great show. <laughs> it was a great show. First of all, let's, let's talk about that. What is what was the purpose of that show? Um, the purpose of that show is twofold. It, first, I'm going to be perfectly honest, it's self-serving. Um, I get an opportunity to hear and see and meet with my fellow musicians, which I never get to do. <laughs> um, and But most importantly is to raise funds to build up the the 
coffers of the Berkshire Music School Scholarship Fund. Awesome. Awesome. So who was there? Oh, geez. Um, there, well, uh, the entire Misty Blues band, um, Chris Miranda, um, Jack Waldheim, uh, Tyler Fairbank, um, uh, David Lincoln, Dan Tykert, Dan Esco. I mean, it's endless. <laughs> all the all the people who are actively performing in the Berkshires um, and have any you know passion for for the blues, but more importantly, a passion for um, uh, affording children an opportunity to get musical instruction. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, as our listeners, our longtime listeners know, uh, we take the show notes for you. So when you go to our page uh, for this episode, uh, we will provide a link to the uh, to the Berkshire Music School, and um, and hopefully we'll provide a link to some uh, some info about the event so that people can sort of put that in the back of their mind for next year when it rolls Absolutely. around again. Thank you. Uh, well, let's um, let's get right to it, uh, Gina. You've got a brand new album coming out next week. Dark and saucy. That's right. <laughs> um, it's it's a completely original um, compilation of tunes. So that's actually our second wholly original CD out of the uh, probably six studio albums we've put out since we started in um, 1999. Okay. What was the other? What was the other one? The other one was between the stacks. Okay. Um, um, and that was. I think that was 2011, and we had the honor of having Mr. Charles Neville play on that album with us. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, we had another local saxophonist uh, slated to do that album and at the last minute. Um, he informed me that he uh, had double booked for the recording date. And I said, wow, that's really unfortunate for that other band, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that wasn't the case. And I've been playing with uh, Mr. Neville, um, you know, several times over the past decade. Uh, I said, well, geez, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I sent him an email. And he responded about 10 minutes later. He's like, yeah, I'm free that day. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, you know, we've played with you live, but you could deny that at any point because <laughs> it was never recorded. This is going to be pressed. There's no back from this. And he just chuckled. And then I said, wait, wait, first, here's another thing. I can't afford to pay you <laughs> to come in and do the session. Um, so ultimately he came in, he, he, he recorded pretty much on all the tracks on, on that CD for, um, gas money and some sandwiches. You know, <laughs> that's a fellow who's got the heart in the right place there, I'll tell you. And you know what? Um, I call it serendipity when things like that happen. <laughs> Absolutely. He's a very generous, generous man. Yeah. And um, and he's you know, he's around. That's the great thing. He's he's a I have not met him, but from what I understand, he's a very humble a modest yes. individual who's who's really um he, he cares about the art he cares about the, the yeah. music um, very much he's so. he's not all ego like some folks are these days um yeah. well let's um let's talk talk about dark and saucy um what uh 
what's the what's the spirit of this album? Uh, what what is dark and saucy about it? Well, um, the dark part, um, some more um, more brooding, introspective tunes, um, and then the saucy part, uh, which plays to some of my favorite uh, blues artists like uh, Ruth Brown and. Big Mama Thornton and Coco Taylor, you know, play on words, a little, you know, sassiness, a little um, uh, bawdiness, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, shielded by some language. <laughs> um, so uh, and so that's kind of a mixture of what this, this album's about. Hmm. Well, I think... You know, I, I don't always have a linear conversation. I, I think I was capable of linear thought probably up until around the year 2000 or so, and it started slipping after that. Um, but it makes for some interesting <laughs> interesting interviews. Um, but, you know, what comes to mind uh, when you say dark and saucy, I, I did a little bit of homework uh, to brush up on my blues knowledge. Um, <laughs> and you're, you, you're in a re- really good company. Uh, when you when you're using the phrase dark and saucy, um, I discovered no earlier reference to the word the blues than the 1902 um, coining of the phrase by Ma Rainey, uh, mm. and it appears that she actually coined the phrase in 1902, the blues, uh, when it referring really? to to music, yeah. Um, I looked and I looked. I couldn't find a single um, reference to the word the blues as music before that. So, And Ma Rainey, along with a lot of her contemporaries, Bessie Smith, um, yeah. they were pretty saucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were. And they were wonderful. Um, you know, actually, originally, Misty Blues was, um, was, was the foundation of the band was to pay homage to some of the great female blues artists, because there was, you know, certainly you can go to any town in America and find blues bands that are um, playing, you know, B.B. King's classic, Willie Dixon, uh, Howling Wolf, those cats. Um, but uh, very few who really paid homage to, to, the, to the women that made this uh, genre so wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's where the foundation of this band came from. So yeah, certainly, um, I think the the sauciness, the dark and sauciness of, the, of that that we infused in this album is is directly linked to the the, the female tradition of the blues. Yeah, and I, you know, the style of of Misty Blues, it's a it's a very um, it's I would say it's it's pretty solidly urban blues. Um, mm-hmm. In the St. Louis style and mm-hmm. um, the Chicago style, with a you know a, a solid band backing you up um, with, yeah. elect- with a lot of electrics. And what's interesting is that um, women seem to dominate urban blues ex- almost exclusively in the in the beginning because it seems that um, they were part of the the vaudeville circuit, the the black vaudeville circuit, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's kind of neat because they were running the show um, for about 20 years, it looks like. Not that there weren't men. Um, yeah. But uh, in terms of the, 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 black own, the black theaters that were run by the Theater Owners uh, Booking Association, all up and down the East Coast, they had no trouble 
bringing in crowds to see um, you know female bluesmen, blues women. Right. So, right. You know, when we talk about the blues, I think what didn't get recorded was that it was the 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 die was cast by these women in the nineteen teens and the twenties. So no, sure, certainly, um, yeah, it was it, um, it was less threatening to have women <laughs> of color um, in these shows. And so that was a great entry and a safer entry for, um, you know, the majority uh, community. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, yeah, I guess that would be something that you'd be willing to take a chance on. Um, right. Because, you know, women, well, you know that, you know, people have heard their voices not necessarily in that setting, um, right. you know, the gospel setting um, mm-hmm. and in other areas and taking that leap to being on stage as a powerful uh, woman uh, right. performing and, and, and also performing original compositions. Uh, there weren't right. a lot of other venues for that. Um, I want to bring in, since, um, since it does dovetail with gospel, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how um, you found yourself in a position to start singing the blues. Hmm. Well, um, I was um, I was enticed to be <laughs> a, a part of um, production of A Raisin in the Sun um, at the Williamstown Theater Festival. Prior to that, I was performing regularly in, uh, I would say, a folk, funk, um, band called Cold Connection, um, and we were we were waning at that point. One of our members had moved to Boston, and so it was getting it was becoming much more difficult for us to to perform regularly. Um, and then I had this opportunity to perform. They needed a gospel singer to do the transition between the acts of uh, this production of A Raisin in the Sun, which was, I believe was the first pretty solely um, um, African-American cast uh, production that Williamstown Theater Festival had done to that point. Um, and so they, they, they needed, they wanted a gospel singer to come and do the transitions. And, um, and that was really neat. And the, the cast at that time, the lead actor was Ruben Santiago Hudson. Um, and he, you know, he's, um, you know, pretty major theatrical um, actor, but he does, he's done a lot of uh, television, you know, CSI kind of shows. Um, and he approached me after the, the production and he said, you know, you got to stop that folk thing you're doing. You know, <laughs> your, your voice, <laughs> your voice is, is meant for the blues. And so he gave me this collection. It's called Men Are Like Streetcar. Um, and it's this wonderful collection of female blues artists from, you know, back in the best, as far back as Bessie Smith to as early as uh, Tracy Chapman. Um, and I reviewed that CD. Uh, it was like, I couldn't get enough of it. I'm like, wow, it turned on a light for me. And I had heard these songs before, but never in a collection. I never put them together and it, it transformed me. And so I, the, the remaining members of Cold Connection, I went to them and I said, listen, we're going to 
you know, if you're willing, let's let's change the game. Let's become a blues band. <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure, that's cool. Love the blues. Um, and it was as simple as that. And I just out of the top of my head, I said, and we'll be called Misty Blues. I had no reason why that came out of my <laughs> mind, and that's where it stuck. And and the guys were more than willing. And and really, that se- several a couple of months after the end of a Raisin in the Sun. We started performing as Misty Blues and doing a lot of the songs that were in that collection. Gina, let me back up here for a minute. I realize um, for those listeners who have not seen you or have not uh, picked up one of your your CDs before, um, why don't you tell us about the band? Oh, yeah, great. And I, I have a wonderful and talented, talented group of musicians in the, in the band. Um, starting out with uh, Jason Webster, who's a um, guitarist and uh, also a vocalist. Um, Bill Patrickwin on bass. Um, ben Cohn on keys. Jeff Duziak on guitar. Rob Catton on drums. And our newest member, Aaron Dean, on saxophone. Um, and for the album, uh, we have uh, several guest artists perform on the album. Uh, Matt Berger on guitar, uh, Dave Vitone on accordion, Ed Moran on vocals, Chris Connery on percussion, and um, my son, Diego Mung, on drums for a track, and uh, Jason Webster's daughter, Abigail Webster, on uh, backup vocals on the track. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Rob Tatton replaces um, uh, Kali Baba McConnell, right? Yes. When did that happen? Oh, geez. Uh, about three or four years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and some interesting facts uh, that uh, some folks know. Um, Bill Patrick, and his, uh, his father is a musician too, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. He is a senior. Yes. Um, yeah, so he comes from a musical family. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great that these things do tend to run in families. Um, I know that uh, Jason Webster uh, toured with Arlo Guthrie, I believe. Yes. And yeah. um, and that's another one of those musical families, right? I mean, it starts out uh, with um, with Woody, and then it goes to mm-hmm. Arlo, and then it goes to his daughters. Yeah. And yeah. kind and of Abe Abe and, Guthrie. And, yeah. yeah, that's right. The, mm-hmm. the the silent, the quiet one. Quiet Abe. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I have seen Arlo Guthrie probably more than any other musician. I've probably seen him about five or six times. And uh, he just, you know, he his hair may go gray, but he hasn't, he never gets old. That yeah. Never yeah. gets old. It's, it's, I want to, I basically want to have that same sort of youthful, immortal um, presence until I'm, you know, until I'm just dust, really. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that's great. And, and I do want to ask one question about this. Um, this is a big lineup here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is, um, it's a, it's, it's sometimes not an obvious choice to, uh, to tour or to, uh, to perform with so many people. What does it do for you? Oh, geez. Um, uh, there, there's a drive. Well, you know, you, you get uh, this 
this this drive from the audience coming from one direction, but when you have this just giant band behind you, then it's pushing you from the other direction, and it's just this this wonderful sandwich. Cool. <laughs> so, I like that. Uh, huh. um, and that's wonderful. But, you know, we also... Uh, perform, you know, we recognize that a seven-piece band uh, doesn't fit in most venues, um, especially around here. So we do uh, perform in um, a myriad of uh, configurations, uh, still under Misty Blues, still doing the blues and 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 the songs that um, that we uh, typically do. So um, you know, we'll do duets. Uh, myself and and Jason Webster, or myself and Ben Cohn, um, and we'll do trios, and we'll do a, uh, the classic four piece, which is generally myself, Jason Webster, Bill Patrick, and and Rob Patton. Um, but um, yeah, we're we're very versatile. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and we're playing all the time because of that versatility. Right. I mean, that's a flexibility that a lot of bands don't have. Very cool. Right. Very cool. What's the dynamic of the blues as a um, as a form of expression um, when it comes to emotion and and um, experience? I think it's uh, you know I I come personally I I I come from um, from a background of um, you know we didn't I didn't grow up with with much uh, I grew up in the the projects of the South Bronx. I was raised by my grandmother, uh, who uh, was born in the South. Um, and I, I know of her trials and tribulations. And I know that we didn't have much growing up. Um, and a lot of the lyrics lyrically, um, just really, um, uh, connected with how, you know, my, my earlier upbringing. And so it was that connection and that there's a pain to the blues that, I, <laughs> that, um, that I really connected with. Um, and I think that's, you know, really at the heart of it for me. Hmm. Now, how long has it been? Um, you came to Williamstown via Williams college, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, that must have been a game changer. <laughs> it was different, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and wonderful because it it afforded me to see what you know life could be for me, you know. Um, and uh, it 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 garnered garnered me a, just an amazing education, um, and and put me on a path that has. Uh, um, you know, afforded me, I believe, to change some lives of kids um, um, from many varied backgrounds um, and also allowed me to kind of change the, the lives of my own children um, in uh, what it's afforded me and the, the opportunities it's afforded me, um, you know, in terms of, you know, my regular day jobs. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, you know, I'm former former dean of students at Williams and uh, and now um, a middle school educator in the city of Titsfield. Um, so, yes. Yeah, no, it, was, it, it certainly was a game changer. But the Berkshires isn't known for the blues. 
It isn't. It is not known for it this. Isn't. I mean, it's not known for a lot of yet. Life. Yet. 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 <laughs> <clears throat> right. Well, it's tricky because there aren't a lot of, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of local musicians who've been around for a while, and they say that there used to be more men, more venues uh, mm-hmm. for, to perform. No, certainly. And yeah. it's, I think, I think people for the last 20 years have been getting sicker and tireder. Sicker and tireder. Can I say that? Um, sure. <laughs> and they have, there is a new movement um, to get more live original music out there. Uh, and I think that um, you have certainly been, uh, you know, you've been there. I think, you know, people have been relieved that you're out there. I see that you've been playing um, in Adams and in Pittsfield in a, in a few places this uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's tricky because, you know, we have an arts and culture scene here like almost nowhere else on the planet. Right. But uh, but the live music and especially the blues, it's just it hasn't been there. What um, what do you think it this area? Well, what do you think is the reason for that? First of all, oh, it's hard for me to put a put a finger on on the reason. I don't know if it's just um, you know if it's a matter of the economy and folks just don't have the means to go out and and. Um, you know, seek out something that isn't crucial to their daily existence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that that's hard to say. Um, yeah, I, I'd be pressed to to really put a finger on that. Well, for whatever whatever the reason is, certainly people there's a backlash, and I see that there's a lot more interest in getting a, a live music scene going. Um, have you um, have you felt that that there's been a Sort of a growing movement there. I mean, yeah, certainly. I mean, um, you know, I, I think about well, the venue that we we will be hosting our 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 CD release concert, uh, the Stationery Factory in Dalton. Um, that facility is really looking to bring in, um, you know, more regional artists to come in in you know a bigger venue. Um, to showcase their their music, um, so uh, we're really looking forward to um, being in the early um, you know stages of trying to to draw people in to that facility to listen to music. I haven't been there yet. What's um? It's in Dalton, right? You said yes. It's in Dalton. It's a it's across the street from the Dalton Fire Station. Okay. On Flansburg Street. Yes. That's excellent, and I, and I assume there has to be some connection to Crane Paper, if it was. If well, it's yeah, it, I believe it was a Crane facility. There we go. Um, Stationary and, factory uh, there, yeah. For those people who are <laughs> for those people who are listening uh, from elsewhere in the world and country, uh, the Berkshires is home to Crane Paper, um, a an old prestigious paper manufacturer that also um, is has been the only uh, purveyor of. When the, I guess currency paper. Yes. Yeah. So all of the all every every dollar bill in your pocket in your wallet um, has originated in in the Berkshires. Just so you know. Yes. Um. Yeah. So the paper fact. Let's uh, well let's talk about the CD release party. First of all, when is it? Uh, November twelfth. And that is just coming up. Um. Was it? Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks now. Wow, gosh, <laughs> yeah. November already. Uh, I know, November twelfth. And are you going to have any? Um, 
opening acts there, or is it? Uh, just yes, a- uh, Tor Crowder will be opening the show um, for us, and then um, and then we'll we'll the, the Misty Blues Band will come on and and we'll do our um, a performance of the album in order. Um, and then we're going to open it up to some of our, um, uh, fellow musicians to come jam with us. So, um, Wendy Walt, Tyler Fairbank, um, Dave Fatone, Ed Moran, um, Pat Morocco. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Uh, Jason Ennis. Um, and so we'll do some of our, our classic Misty Blues tunes, but with some friends. Um, so it will prove to be uh, a fun, a very festive night. Yeah, it sounds really high energy. And um, yeah. and I think you were you were talking about the uh, one of the things that you're shooting for um, in terms of um, the sort of feel of this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking in the yeah. in the digital green room uh, ahead of the show. <laughs> And um, and why don't you talk about what it is that you're trying to capture with the with this with this release? Well, you know, the, the way we record most of our albums, actually, the probably the last several albums, and I have to give a shout out to our uh, recording engineer uh, Frank Kennedy. He's just an amazing individual, um, and he has really been able to highlight. Um, in our recordings, um, how the energy that we put out live. Um, and we record basically in a live format. Uh, we, we commandeer uh, a space, and um, uh, this, this go-around, actually the last two albums, we use the same space. We use the, the Williamstown Community Preschool, um, and we take over... Uh, that space for a weekend and uh, we set up in the round and we perform the tracks in their life. Um, and so they have this, this vibrancy um, that you, you know, that you would hear if you, you went out and, and saw us at a venue. Um, I've personally, I, that's, that's my, that's my, my major goal. Uh, I have purchased enough CDs of bands Love their music, and then went out to the the expense of going to see them live, and been terribly disappointed as the live performance didn't match what I what I heard on on their CD. And I didn't want I don't ever want that kind of disappointment in our, in our in our fans. Um, so I, I I go through you know great lengths to ensure that what you hear on pretty much any of our CDs is what you would hear if you came out to hear see us live. So the toe tapping is going to happen uh, no oh, matter yeah. whether, whether you're in your car, well, hopefully not in your car, um, <laughs> <laughs> but in your, in your, in your, uh, your living room or, or at, uh, at the stationary factory. So yeah. people are going to come out and they're going to be blown away. And naturally they're going to say, huh, well, I suppose they're going to be able to pick up a, a CD there, probably. Oh yeah, the the CDs will be will be available at the show. But what about our poor poor listeners who either you know they're from out of state or they have to work that <laughs> night? What can they do? How can they get a copy of this? Well, they can certainly go to our um, our website, which is mistybluesband.com, um, and they can access all of our 
um, albums um, and purchase them online. Um, and we'll, we'll mail you a hard copy of the CD. Uh, additionally, um, our this album and our two previous albums are available on uh, iTunes and Spotify and so forth. Nice. Digital media, yeah. And in addition to uh, to getting, and you can also hear some uh, previous uh, recordings uh, that you've got up there. A couple of live uh, live music. Uh, what do you have? Yeah, you've got some you've got some live tracks that people can listen to as well. Um, yes. But also, mm-hmm. also, um, people can see this gorgeous artwork that is yeah. just phenomenal. <laughs> talk about talk about this artwork. Well, that's our our resident artist, and uh, we get a great deal on our artwork because uh, it's my husband's artwork, <laughs> so he <laughs> he doesn't charge us for it, uh, and we're you know very thankful for that. Uh, well, I think he would have a hard time in our household if he did. Uh, but <laughs> he'd be the subject yeah. of a he'd be the subject of a future song. <laughs> I know. Well, no, my husband um, Michael Mung. Um, is um, is an artist, um, and he's done just some amazing acrylic paintings um, over the years. Uh, he has now kind of stepped away from um, um, paintwork and now has picked up uh, colored pencils. Yes, he is. Um, um, he's the author of um, a comic book series that he does with my 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 older son Diego. It's called Awesome Robot Science Fiction Action Comics. And, and so that's where his artistic talents are going nowadays. But we still, he has a wonderful archive of paintings that we continue to dip from uh, for our album covers. And I, I believe, yeah, all the Misty Blues albums uh, feature his artwork. It's just rich and, and just luscious. I mean, it's just yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. So people should definitely check out the... Um, the website to uh, to hear some music, but also to see Michael's Michael's work. Well, yeah. Gina, I've got to say, I am really. I think I'm getting a babysitter for that night. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. And I think we're going to come out there. Uh, and you know, I, I swear that the problem with the Berkshires is that if I went to enough shows, all of the things that I want to go to. Um, my babysitter would be able to put herself and all of her children through college. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. But this is this is gonna be a night I do not want to miss. So if you are in the area, ladies and gentlemen, blues fans everywhere, definitely want to check out Misty Blues, um, November 12th at the Stationery Factory in Dalton. Gina, I want to say thanks so much for being on the show, and we look forward to more great blues. Um, is it okay if we take us out uh, with um, the next time? Will be it's going to be the last time? Sure, that's is an it, exclusive. <laughs> it is. It's an exclusive. No one has uh, no one has heard this yet. No, ladies, no. you heard it first here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. <laughs> take care, Gina. Thank you. Bye bye.
apart for anything I get. I gave you money to put on the rent check. Two weeks later, get a call from the landlord. I got a late charge that I just can't afford. You gave me line after line and every excuse. That's how you bought the damn alligator shoes you stole. You cheated. You deluded. And you lied. I'm done, you baby. Now you can subscribe to this show through iTunes. Just click the button in the right-hand sidebar and never miss an episode again. <laughs> 